And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you on a Friday morning here in Central Ohio. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Hello and Allison, uh, we have a little, little bit of news. Not great news. Um, Alexander Texier has stepped away from his team in Finland. He's playing for Calpod during the whatever the uh, delay to this season is in the NHL. Um, stepped away for a family illness. He's gone back to France and could be away from the team for a little while. Uh, so certainly our best to Alexander Texier. I hope everything works out okay on that end and our, our thoughts with him and his family. Uh, Allison, when we talked earlier this week on Tuesday, we broke down the Blue Jackets um, players, the centers that are available. And yeah. I, don't want to characterize, I don't want to characterize your thoughts for you. I'll let you do it. Um, give me a quick summation of your thoughts on the Blue Jackets um, prospects for adding a center, either through trade or through free agency, as laid out earlier this week. I just gave it to you. It was blech. That was my. That's my thoughts. B l e c h. A couple more e's, I think, maybe, and a couple okay. more h's yeah. at the end. Okay. Yeah. yeah I exactly. think you like yep. the. I think you like the wingers better. Yeah, um, much more, much seen, more enticing. Yeah, and yet. The idea of them adding a winger is not that enticing. I mean, they need it, but not as badly as they need a center. Correct? I do not 100% agree. But we talked about that last episode. People should go listen to it. Yep. I think dynamic enough forwards could make, wingers could make a significant enough difference, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, and and Yarmo Kekalainen agrees with you. I think everyone ag- agrees with the theory because in Columbus, we've seen Artemi Panarin play uh, the previous two seasons to this one, and he certainly brought that line to life. Uh, if you remember earlier back in the days of the Blue Jackets, had an excellent playmaking winger by the name of Christian Husalius, who was, was no Panarin, uh, but was absolutely loath to shoot, but could make plays from the wing quite a bit. It was a, a sublime passer. Um, my only problem with that is it's really hard to find that guy, I think. Um, but I guess I'm thinking of it purely as a playmaker, and I don't think that's that that's not the entirety of driving play. Tell me what I'm missing when I when I think only a playmaker for driving play. It, it, meaning that's what you think a a high end winger does. That's what you're looking for. Well, no, I saying? think if you if you don't get that down the middle, you got to get it on the wing. Oh yeah, for sure. But but I think I think the other thing that we've talked about too here is the the value of simply having more talent to distract. <laughs> opponents um and and create space for his line mates is also valuable now in part that is of course because the talent draws it um but it's also space making um and and i i might tease out a bit transitional play as compared to playmaking i think they could be two pieces of the same whole if that makes sense so i think that's another element that i consider because one of the things that Pierre-Luc Dubois had to change with his game this season, we have to keep saying this season until it flips to the next one, even though it's fall outside, um, is he had to carry the puck a lot. And in, in previous yes. seasons, uh, previous NHL seasons for him, it was it was Panarin who carried the puck up the ice and skated the puck out of danger. Um, and how did that go, do you think? I guess what I'm getting at is, the winger that they acquire, if they go acquire a winger and they can't get a centerman, does he have to be, should he be Dubois' centerman to let him get back to the game he played his first two years? Or did you see enough in him this year to think he can play in that capacity as well? Well, if we pull up, we have stats on that, Aaron. If we pull we, up... Uh, collective we. We do. Collective we, the royal we. Um Dubois rated out quite highly. Um, he was in the 98th percentile um, using tracking data from Corey Schneider um, for possession entries per 60 and the 95th percentile for possession entry percentage. So that means not only is he making entries with possession at a high rate, but he is also ensuring that he's entering with possession at a high rate and his exits um, we're in the 82nd percentile. I don't know that transition is a limiting request of Dubois' game. I think what is limiting his game is the defensive demands that increased this season as compared to prior um, that allowed him to be a little bit more free offensively. But he he filled this role quite well. He was also in the 90th percentile. We talked about playmaking. 90th percentile in shot assists. So passes that went to another player's stick that immediately became a shot, 90th percentile there. So a really good showing from Pierre-Luc Dubois, actually. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's uh, really interesting and good on him. Uh, when you see that numbers, what 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 do you think he needs beside him? Ideally, if it's not a, is it a shooter? Is it a a a um, a passer? Can we say because he had so many different 
looks in so many different partners last year. Yeah, he. I think he does need a shooter. Um, that's not something that he rated out highly. And I think if we look at where, he, you know, he's, he's a grittier player. We like when he's from coming from behind the net. We like when he's there cleaning up the mess in front of the net and right. frustrating defenses that way. So, um, and again, as I already mentioned, that value of a player who can create space so that Dubois can continue to build his offensive game, I think, is valuable. So that, that that's kind of the direction. He, he just needs a good player, really. I don't know if it's specifically one thing or not. Someone to help with the shots would certainly be valuable, though. Yeah, maybe I'm overthinking this. Um, <laughs> so so like we did with the centers, uh, we broke the, the wingers up. We put them both together left and right because they're, you know, come on, pretty much interchangeable, <laughs> most of these guys. Um and and broke them up by players that would need to be acquired via trade and players that would need to be acquired uh, via free agency. And uh, as we said in the in the episode Tuesday, trade is the most is the preferred path to a roster upgrade by Yarmo Kekalainen because it would allow him to to be clearing uh, money off as much as he's adding uh, money because he would obviously be adding money. Um, so he would like to trade his way to a different and better roster. And so we'll start with those players. Um, and we'll get to a, a, a couple of them here before we take a break. Then the, the first guy I want to get to, and, and it's, it, this is timely because the whispers that we've been hearing for the last few days were confirmed by uh, the athletics, Pierre Lebrun, who on Thursday's uh, edition of the TSN insiders uh, reported of interest between the blue jackets and the Winnipeg jets. For Patrick Line. And now Line is one of the league's elite goal scorers, still a young man. I think he's 22 years old, um, is a dynamic player and certainly has the shot, the uh, the big one from the left or the right dot that the Blue Jackets just simply don't have with their group right now. He is making 6.75 million bucks. He's got one year left. This would be a huge trade for the Blue Jackets, and I'm not judging it based on, I don't mean that in the terms of importance. I mean that in terms of what they would have to give up. Um, the The Jets are looking for defensive help. They lost two-thirds of their defense last summer, and that was a real pain for them this year. But I think there's some other stuff there in Winnipeg that's making line A available. A guy like that doesn't just just hit the market. Um, with that sort of going, this uh, scoring potential. Allison, your thoughts on Patrick Line A and what it would be like to see him pull a Blue Jackets kid over his head and, and uh, join the rush, as it were. Yeah, and I am, again, for the purposes of this exercise, um, I want to give a shout-out to uh, HockeyViz.com and Evolving Hockey as my references for where I'm kind of trying to evaluate these players um, as a best fit or a best choice for the Blue Jackets. But uh, – I mean, Line A is certainly an attractive player. He's obviously, as you said, an offensive talent, um, but he is a streaky player. Um, he was buoyed quite a bit, if we look at his four years in the league, buoyed quite a bit in his first two years by a really aggressive shooting percentage, and that's kind of coming back to earth now. And he's not really helpful um, defensively at all, <laughs> actually, um, and isn't really generating a ton of the underlying behavior that leads to goals. He's just able to create goals. And, and if that shooting percentage ever neutralizes or bottoms out, you've basically negated 
the entirety of his value. <laughs> so um, obviously a talented player, but a, a specific kind of player. Um, I don't know if the cost that Winnipeg would probably rightly be asking for what he's done um, would be worth it for this Blue Jackets organization at this time. Nice. The The goal scoring is is blinding by him. It's blinding, especially in a league that is so desperate for goals. But you you talk to people who are close to the Jets, and it's a hell of a trick he has, but he is a one-trick pony, as you've said. Yep. Um, and he's the guy who stands on the dot and is like, um, guys, let's go. Guys, the puck. Yep. Right. <laughs> um not I I just wondered deeply how Line A and Tortorella would get get along. because uh, sure. I don't think that would be allowed here. I don't know that it was allowed in or is allowed in Winnipeg with, with Paul Maurice, who's who's uh obviously a pretty damn good coach too. Um but yeah that that you you want to be drawn to the to the goals. Um that's an all star. That's a potential um you know, that's a guy that could lead the league in goal scoring right there. But but there are some other aspects of his game. Let's stick with Winnipeg and, and go to a, a player that's of less um, notoriety, certainly. But he's a hell of a player and probably quiet to a lot of guys. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Um, Allison, your thoughts? How familiar are you, are you with this player? Uh, he's really, he can fly. He is a dangerous offensive player. And he's not as one-dimensional as Line A. Do I have it correct? A hundred percent. And you know, it, it is the flip. It's it's a player who's um, quite strong uh, defensively in terms of volume, limiting volume against. He's not as strong limiting quality against, which has been the Blue Jackets' hallmark. Um, but limiting volume against and doing the underlying behaviors to lead to offense of generating not just offensive volume but also offensive quality. Now, he also has a little bit of a bump in his shooting percentage this year, but it's not anything that gives me great pause. I think what is interesting to me to watch, and Winnipeg you know, is, is, has been such an interesting team in general, um, is that he has kind of sat, if we look at where he's being utilized, he sat towards the lower end of the, the top six spectrum, and as we talk about this team trying to grab as much talent as they can, would an elevation in role neutralize some of his effectiveness? How strongly is he really planted in a top six role? But I'm intrigued by the player. And of the two from Winnipeg, this would be the guy I would go after before Line, actually. And that's just based on, on the player, not based on what you'd have to give up? Well, you haven't told me what I have to give up. I don't. I, I would assume the price well, is lower. I would assume that, but I can't say that yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. You just like the player better. Correct. Um, all right. We'll go one more here before we take a break because this this is the name um, that jumps off the page to me. Just be. I mean, holy smokes, Johnny Gaudreau. Um, Again, this is a player the Blue Jackets have to give up a lot for. The one thing that's really interesting about this is the Flames have two glaring needs. And their glaring needs match the Blue Jackets' um, uh, trade pieces, I guess you could say. They need a starting goalie in Calgary. And they're looking for a shutdown right shot defenseman. 
Um, that's almost a match made in heaven. I don't know what, what, what's going on with Johnny Gaudreau. I don't know what the Blue Jackets think of him. This is a guy that had 99 points a season ago. Um, that's, that's above and beyond Panarin's records here. This is a, a driver of play, at least in my book. I'll let Allison speak to the, to the stats. And the moment they acquired Johnny Gaudreau, he might be the most popular player in the organization. He might be selling more jerseys than anybody. Um, I apologize to Elvis. I apologize to Seth Jones, Cam Atkinson, and others. But this guy is a is a rock star of sorts in the NHL. Your thoughts, Allison, if Johnny Gaudreau could become a Blue Jacket? Well, he'd, he'd probably eventually stop jumping from the cannon, for those of you who remember his all-star appearance here in Columbus. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, – and, and – and, Columbus, with all due respect, might not only be the youngest team in the league, but also the shortest, should he come over. Um, Absolutely. With all due respect to the, to the rest of the roster of whom I speak. Um, I, obviously, I like the player. His strengths, of course, lean offensively. Um, for people who look at points, um, what's really important to realize is that this guy had a career low shooting percentage last year. 8.6%. And this is a player who was averaging 12 to 13%. So this was obviously an off year for him. Um, what worries me about Gaudreau is, I mean, he, he, I think he is a, a legit top six talent. Um, what worries me is the price. I feel like this is a player where if he goes on the block, Calgary is going to want the sun, the moon and the stars. And, yeah. that that's going to be a really careful evaluation in my book. Yeah. I think that they, the asking price is the sun, the moon and a couple of stars actually. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. I mean, but I, again, like if you're Calgary and you can patch two holes with that, like, sure. Yow. Sure. Um, and I don't know what their financial situation is. If, what if they're looking to, to clear, but um, that that's a rare. I I I'm I've my started the sentence with I I can't believe that they would make him available because um, he just seems like he's such a vital part of that of that Flames organization and that Flames sweater almost like the uh, Iginla of this generation, just such a, a front and center player for that team. Uh, let's take a short break and we will be back to discuss. A couple more trade pieces and some free agency possibilities for the Blue Jackets as they attempt to upgrade their forward crew. Be back right after this. Every sports story that matters. Join for just $1 a month. Hi folks, Aaron Portsign here. The Athletic is quite the news source for sports fans uh, all over the world. You get all of the Blue Jackets coverage from breaking news to feature stories to the front and nationwide podcast. You get NHL news from insiders Pierre Lebrun and Scotty Burnside and others. You get college football from Nicole Auerbach and incredible, important journalism from Katie Strang. It's all there, and it's all yours for $1 a month. Don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, the reporting, and the storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash Front and nationwide. That's A N D nationwide. You can receive an all access subscription for $1 a month. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash front and nationwide to receive an all access subscription for just $1 a month. Hope to see you there. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. 
Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple, too. Just go to GetRoman.com front and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com front today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com front. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Allison Lukey, and we've chatted about Patrick Line, Nikolai Ellers, Johnny Goudreau. Three pretty damn good players. And we'll keep it going here. As you can tell, the wingers are so much better already than the centers were. At this point, we were talking Carl Soderberg when we were talking centers <laughs> on Tuesday. It was a touch depressing. Um, Alex Killorn. Now, he is a Tampa Bay Lightning. He's busy right now because they're on the the cusp, potentially, of winning the Stanley Cup up 2-1 on Dallas. Um, the Lightning got to do something. They may have to move two guys. We talked uh, Tyler Johnson as a center possibility for the Blue Jackets. I think most agree Tyler Johnson is going to go somewhere uh, this offseason. They'll get some some pretty good offers for him. Alex Killorn is a pretty good player, too. Uh, Left winger, mostly. He's 31 years old, which surprised me. It didn't seem like he'd been around that long. And he set a career high this year with 26 goals regular season. Um, I'm not sure if he's a driver of play. I know he's a hell of a player. Allison, your thoughts? Well, this is a stereotypical, in my opinion, uh, quote-unquote contract year. Um, This is a good player. It's not a bad player. However, let me read to you his last three seasons in terms of shooting percentage. In 17-18, his shooting percentage was 9.62. In 18-19, his shooting percentage was 11.76. What do you think his shooting percentage was this regular season, Aaron? What's your guess? 13.4. 13.4. 20. Oh. 20 He had a Felino year. Yeah. Exactly. So, so this, when we look at players who have just insane, very, very attractive point totals, this is one of the first things you want to check. Um, and so while I like the underlying behavior of the player, um, he does skew slightly more defensively in, in, in a land of strengths. Um, but This is not going to be a guy who's going to be producing the kind of points that you've seen him do this year. And uh, his age is of concern to me. What also is of concern to me is that prior to this year, his usage has not been predominantly 
solidified in a top six role. And so again, when we talk about fit, um, some questions. If he becomes a Blue Jacket, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think it's important to understand the realities of the player versus um, the box scores, particularly from this season. Yeah. And that's interesting because in order to earn a spot on the number one line in Columbus on the left side, you have to be better than Gustav Nyquist. And you got a <laughs> true. Whole, and I'm not I'm not making fun of Nyquist. You also have to hold off Alexander Texier Correct. and potentially Liam Foodie. Like they've got a lot of moving parts here. And we get back to this a little bit, but if if they add a center, they add two centers. I know I'm being greedy here. That allows Jenner to move back to the left side. Mm-hmm. And, and then things fall so differently into place. But right now on the left side, it's Nyquist, Felino, Texier, Foodie, and Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, Texier, Foodie could go to the middle with ease. Uh, I think all of those guys deserve to play. Um, so, yeah, they, they're going to yeah, – that, that's what they're looking at. I'm not sure if Killorn – is Killorn a the first-line left winger ahead of Gustav Nyquist? I think he is. Probably, but I think that I, I mean, it's not. Ideal. I mean, Gustav. Yeah, it's not. And I think Gustav. I mean, Gustav Nyquist is the is the opposite of what I'm trying to illustrate here with Kalorn. Is that yeah. Gustav Nyquist showed what he was. He was what he was in Columbus. He's been excessively consistent, and yeah. you know, it, it's if if we go to market share and what would be the asking price for this player and and, and whatever is going to happen with yep. the salary cap and that thing that's where it kind of, there's questions. For sure. And you think there are questions there, Allison. Wait till you get this next one. Oh, I'm ready. Let's go. Jesse Pugliarvi. Now, a point of clarity for everybody. When the Blue Jackets took Pierre-Luc Dubois in 2016, ahead of Pugliarvi, everybody thought they were going to go Pugliarvi. It's not because Yarmo didn't like Pugliarvi as a player. It's It's that he didn't like him at number three as a player. Obviously, this is a player he would have taken if the Blue Jackets picked later in the first round. It's a hell of a talented player. But he saw some issues there that scared him, and he saw some stuff with Dubois that he really, really liked. And it turned out to be a brilliant and ballsy pick by him. Um, Pugliarvi has come on hard times. He went to Edmonton where everyone said he was going to score 40 goals his first year. He did not score 40 goals his first year. He struggled Correct. his first few years. He ended up back in Finland last year to get his game back in order. The Blue Jackets have expressed interest in him. The feeling is that Edmonton, which for months has said we're not going to trade him for less than market value, whatever the hell that means, uh, are ready to, to, to move. I don't think they want to go through another season with him in Finland, and I don't think he wants to be maybe with the Oilers much longer. So this is a there's the measurables are there. The, the guy's got a great shot. He's huge and moves really really well. This would be a flyer by the Blue Jackets, but I, and I don't think it's an answer to what they're looking for. It it seems at this point for them, and I, we don't know the return obviously, but that it could be a very low risk, high reward play. I'm intrigued by it. I wonder what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, you summed it up. It's it's just like uh, Roslovic, like we were talking about last show. This is this is the Sam Gagne of this class, right? You don't know um, the price as long as the price is right. It could be interesting, but while there's all this potential, 
we don't really have a lot from this player to, as you said, convince us that he's going to be able to meet the exact needs of this team. So, you know, interesting, but not, not at the top of my list. Yeah. Nor at the top of this list. I, I think it would be. I, no, he's he's the last guy listed among the trades. I I think it would be. Um, it's a cool add-on, and oh man, if sure. it, if it works, woo! You got 100%. something. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So it's a bit of a flyer. It's not the answer. It's just sort of a, a wrinkle. Uh, let's go through the free agency picks here. Um, I guess we'll go through these a little bit quicker because they're very very attractive. I just unless Columbus gives up a truckload to get a centerman. I think it's hard to envision them paying too much uh, just simply to add a winger through free agency. I think this these only happen if they've made significant other moves. And the name that's been kicked about a bit is Mike Hoffman, um, left winger who has had some huge seasons. I mean, it, it's crazy when you go back to the start of 14-15, there are only 15 NHL players with more goals than Mike Hoffman. And some of the players he's ahead of, Nathan McKinnon, Mark Shifley, Johnny Gaudreau, the aforementioned Johnny Gaudreau. Um, he really is a, a goal-scoring machine. Um, I, they need they need goal-scoring. Tell me if he's, if he's a guy that could be an answer, Allison. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wary on this player. Um, and I'm going to say there's, there's some chemistry concerns there for me, um, too, with him coming in the room. Um, and, and I also still worry, you know, I don't, I think that he performed in Florida, but I don't think he performed necessarily in terms of what they thought. Um, sometimes much like Blue Jackets fans watched Anthony Duclair light it up this year. Um, it's because he was in Ottawa and his role was huge. Um, and there's, there's a little bit of a bad team syndrome there. And so some of yep. the Ottawa stuff, um, can, can be a little bit misleading with Mike Hoffman. Interesting. Again, I don't know. I don't know that this is a player that's that's high on my list to target. Yeah. Is that just because of his game or the free agent wrinkle or all of it? Both. All of it. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it, if you look at his underlying play, um, if, if he stops scoring, there's a lot of problems in terms of what else right. he might be bringing to the ice. So yeah. uh, that's a risk. All right. Can I sell you Taylor Hall? And for, let, what let me an say interesting this. one. I kind of feel sorry for the kid. Totally. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of other things on my list right now of things I'm not happy with in the world, for sure. But drafted by Edmonton when they had no idea what they were doing. Traded to New Jersey when there was not much hope of winning there. Yeah. Traded then to Arizona. This guy has taken a lot of losses and played pretty well most years. He really backed up. This year, by his standard, anyway, sixteen thirty six fifty two. A lot of players would kill to have those numbers, but that's not Taylor Hall at his best. Um, I mean, and now he hits free agency in a year where teams are doing anything to cut salary, where the market's going to be depressed, where the salary cap is flattened. Taylor Hall has some bad timing, Allison. <laughs> yes, he does. He also has some bad luck. Um, his shooting percentage uh, this year, first in New Jersey, was 5.5%. That's, That's like beyond bad. That's just yes. bad luck. 
that, that that's yeah. that's you and I would have a better shooting percentage than five point five. I couldn't make it from the red line to the blue line, <laughs> but your point's taken. <laughs> and in Arizona, still a career low eight point one three after that five point five. Um, and, and, you know, I think, you know, it's interesting to look at Arizona because they started off, in my opinion, strong and then just got mm-hmm. besieged by goaltending injuries, um, which Columbus fans know the kind of impact that can have. Um, so I like the player. I'm with you. Part of me does feel bad for him. He's got great underlying performance in terms of everything we can measure. But I, I'm with you. I think the price, it, it's the worst possible time for a player like this at this point in his career and what he's going to want to go to free agency, because I think the sticker shock is, is too high, I think. Yeah. And I, I think he's, it's, I mean, I, I, is anyone going to pay 10 million bucks for a hockey player this year? That's no. kind of hard for well, me to Florida imagine. Is. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, if you're him too, if you're Taylor Hall, like and you, he's not that young anymore, Allison. Well, exactly. Like you forget how exactly. long he's been been around. He's drafted. He's twenty eight years old, so he's certainly not old in terms of living. But his uh, career is probably more than halfway over. Yes, um, I think he's a guy at this point is going to look for a, a proven winning organization. He probably should, yes. and maybe he 100%. takes less because of it. But yeah, I, I feel for the guy. He's a hell of a hockey player. And I mean, former Hart Trophy winner. It's all there. Some years he would be making 11, 12 million bucks a season as a free yep. agent this year. And I don't know that he gets to 10 even this year. I, it just seems yep. hard to imagine. Um, the next name on the list, Evgeny Dadanov. Uh, this is a guy that I don't, I, I'll admit, I, I don't know much about, but made some calls on him. And there's a lot of people who really, really like him, like really like him. Um, uh-huh. And he, He's an interesting player. I wonder what is, I wonder what you're thinking about him. I may have just heard a, a murmur there, which suggests not being excited about him. Um, but 20, 25 goal guy um, on a on a Panthers team that didn't play a lick of defense. But I think this guy goes hard. That's his reputation. He plays pretty damn hard. He wasn't ready for the NHL when he first got here in the early twenty tens. Went back to Russia and came back a different player. Um, 25 goals a year, the Blue Jackets could use that. Could they use it from Evgeny Dadanov? Yeah, I think that what we have, I mean, a, a, an attractive player in terms of underlying numbers. He has good numbers. Um, he's actually fair on transition play, something that we've talked about with a couple of these guys. Um, the concern for me is, you know, again, free agency is season of overpay. Um, and I don't know if what he can do will be warrant to what he might ask for financially. Um, and, and being on, on the other side of 30, again, I'd kill to be 30, but to be on the other side of 30 as a hockey player, um, that, that makes all of this a little bit more risky, but, but I like him. Um, but it's, it's, it's the situation he's in. Not the same as Taylor Hall, but it's because of that situation that not top of my list. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I was looking at, at going through a, a bunch of different stuff. And if you look at the wild situation with Parise and Suter and you go, oh, my God, they still have so much time left mm-hmm. with those guys. And the amazing thing about, I know Blue Jackets fans may not want to hear this, but the amazing thing with the Rangers and Panarin is they get him at 28 years old. They sent him to a big long-term deal and it's up at 34. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not 41 like Parise and Suter. Yeah. Where you just go, oh my God, can you imagine what that those deals are going to look like? Maybe they're banking on compliance buyouts. I don't know. But wow, there's some bad deals out there. Uh, the last free agent to go through is a guy who I've always thought of as a hell of a player, but kind of a um, a pylon guy. Not I don't mean pylon is in slow and immovable um, defenseman, but a guy that that sort of is a a um, second tier um, offensive player. But I may have misread him, Tyler Toffoli. Um, I felt I felt like that with him with the with the Kings when they had Kopitar Brown, and they were really rolling. He seemed like the guy that that um, was kind of like the Phil Kessel, not comparing their playing styles. But when you look past the luminaries with the Penguins, there is Kessel just killing you when you're concentrating so much on everybody else. Is he a better player than that, Allison? He's 20 goals a year, um, it seems like. He had a really good year this year. Vancouver loves him. He might resign there, but he could hit the market. Should the Blue Jackets be interested in Tyler Toffoli? He's he's one to watch for me. You know, he does have a little bit of an inflated shooting percentage in Vancouver up at 15.79, which is not a number he had seen in five years by by a long stretch um, and still not that many goals really um, in in his time in Vancouver. But underlying behavior, you know, this is a guy who's creating a lot of offense, both in terms of quality and quantity. Um, is fine defensively, is not a liability there. Not great in transition, which might l- be part of what lends itself to your perception there, right? Because if we don't yeah. see a guy helping to move the puck, it it, it, it is a flaw in, in the overall evaluation. Um, but this guy's a shooter. Um, he is at the top of the pile in terms of shot volume um, among forwards, according to uh, Corey Schneider's data. So um, interesting, intriguing, but if this is a player who's already saying he wants to stay in Vancouver, Columbus is not Vancouver. <laughs> so um, it might be a hard sell, but if the price is right, I'd be very interested in understanding more about what he might bring. Our cost of living is better. Well, this is true. You can always fly have, to Vancouver. We have garages. Oh my God, here we go. Yes. We do. Um, all right, Allison, anything else we got to to get to tonight uh no i think that's it we're good okay those are the wingers we we gave you the centers last week really no reason to go over the defensemen or the goalies because the blue jackets aren't believed to be in the market for either there was a report earlier this week that the blue jackets had interest in matt dumba and that that broadsided me because i have no idea what they would do with him unless they're unless yarmo is losing his damn mind and throwing together like a six-player trade and it's going to need some defensemen, <laughs> which, holy smokes. Who knows? Um, right. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but things are going to start getting really, really interesting. I think they've already been interesting this summer. But uh, lots of movement uh, you'd have to think is coming um, because the calendar is upon us now. The uh, first buyout period begins tomorrow. Um, and then early October, the deadline Woo! for the – Yeah, I know. The, the entry draft is October 6th. Of the first round, the rest of it's on October 7th. Free agency begins on October 9th. There's a buyout period uh, that runs from the 25th to October 8th, just before free agency. There's another buyout period after it. Um, so there, there's uh, October is is uh, pretty much 
studded with dates and, and interesting things to to play out as this strange offseason takes part. So we will be here uh, still twice a week to chat it up and break it down for you. We uh, thank you for listening. Uh, it's always good to uh, to be back with you. And we will talk to you again on Tuesday. Thanks so much to our producer, Danielle Chip Lehman, and the great David Cook for our intro and outro music. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Thanks, everybody. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.